Hello, and welcome to the Slay Podcast, where we slay every day. I am your host, Sydney, and here are my other co-hosts. I'm your host, Kundanika. Hi, I'm your other host, Gabby. Hi, I'm your other host, Redima. Hi, I'm the other host, Zoe or Yutong. In today's podcast, we will be covering gender and sex and health. Just for some background information for anyone who doesn't know, sex refers to a set of biological attributes. It's primarily associated with physical and physiological features, including chromosomes, gene expression, hormone levels, and function, and reproductive and sexual anatomy. Gender refers to socially constructed roles, behavior, behaviors, expressions, and identities of women, men, and other gender-diverse people. In our podcast, we will only be mentioning issues that are dealing with women and people identifying as women. Um, That is what we also all identify as. All right, guys. So for our first issue, we're going to talk about how gender and health relate to micro, meso, and macro levels and the social ecological model. So for those of you who don't know what the micro, meso, and macro levels are, the micro level um, consists of like individuals, families, and relationships. The meso level consists of neighborhoods, schools, local organizations, and communities. And the macro level consists of large systems like healthcare systems, policies, laws, and legislation. And the social ecological model basically says that individuals don't live in a vacuum and our lives are embedded in relationships, which are embedded in communities, which are embedded in larger social forces. I feel like there's a lot of discrimination for women when they're in the workplace by being mm-hmm. pregnant. So, so true. Yeah, because I actually got a family member, member who own a company he's a CEO in that company when he hired the people he won't choose the younger lady or woman like that he much preferred men in in his workplace because when he hired the people he gonna think about the maternity leave which means for them which means you have to uh, feed a person feed the whole family without they working for you but that it's just for their utilitarians so it's it's kind of unfair for those uh, um, mom, mother be the family or ladies, especially for the single mom. If it, if they don't get a job, how about their uh, health care? How about their like health insurance? How about their family? So people just don't be aware of that. That's like so messed up that like there's still like all this discrimination, even though we have all these like anti-discrimination laws mm-hmm. that it's so easy for companies to be like, oh, I'm not gonna hire a younger woman just because like they're more likely to get pregnant. It's so messed up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the same time, it's like they always like advertise like, oh, we have all these equal like, you know, laws or like in place for work, you know, like the work settings, but that's not true at all. There's always discrimination being faced that isn't being like talked about. That's why you gotta bring awareness to those groups as well. I don't think people should be discriminated for something by a person being pregnant. It's like an ethical thing for me. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's literally a natural thing. So for them to not be able to like continue on with their daily lives because they're pregnant, it's very right. unethical. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. And it's like we try and stop this discrimination from happening on like the macro level, but like it still keeps on happening in these like smaller like individual businesses where they just like 
you can't like stop someone from not hiring someone you know like there's only so many laws we can Mm -hmm. make and it comes down to like individual people and individual choices to stop this discrimination and it also goes unnoticed because like when you have small businesses they're not going to be like well known so it's only be for like a community or like a group of like people living in one certain area so you know there's not going to be a lot of like awareness being brought upon but like for big companies such as like google or something of course they're going to have to bring all of that laws or like rules set in place for the lack of discrimination you know because mm-hmm. yeah everybody works or, like everyone knows that company right True. Yeah. oh and so like that brings me to another topic that relates to pregnancies and it's with the current news in america today with the roe v wade the abortion rights so basically to give like a short summary of what happened there was a leak on the supreme court that they're creating a draft to overturn roe v wade and what roe v wade is was basically a whole court case based on the abortion that women are allowed to have the right to have abortion or not without government interference and that brings a whole entire like change towards america because as a macro level we have the right to have an abortion although for some states or communities, they want to restrict that as much as possible. So for like, let's say for me, like as in like micro level, I would, I would have an abortion if I was pregnant because I, I'm, I do not have the financial needs, I don't have any of that. But maybe for those in a macro level, they don't agree with that situation. Mm-hmm. So if they cr- overturn this whole entire uh, lawsuit or like um, court case, then I can't like have the ability to have an abortion or I, like my rights are basically taken away from me as well you know right. and that's like an example of how like the choices that are made on a macro level like mm-hmm. affect every single person on a micro level mm-hmm. right. today's podcast is sponsored by birth control where the right to choose remains yours Okay, um, so for our second issue, we are going to be talking about sociological imagination. Um, So for those of you who don't know, sociological imagination means connecting personal struggles to larger social issues. Um, And two words that are often used when we're talking about this are structure and agency. Um, And so structure refers to the influence of larger social systems, such as social class, economic status, gender, race, religion, ability, immigration status, etc., on your life choices and outcomes. Um, And then agency refers to the ability of an individual to make their own choices and influence their own outcomes. Um, And so we're going to just like talk about how... um, Gender often um, affects uh, women's agency. I feel like in healthcare, a lot of women are dismissed, like, ever. um, They're dismissed because their pain is seen kind of like as hysteria or not that important. I remember when I was younger and my mom was pregnant with my little brother, she dealt with, like, a lot of pain and um, a lot of issues, but... It was dismissed by healthcare officials as just being, oh, pain from pregnancy. But in the end, we found out that she was like struggling uh, with a reoccurring hernia. Um, so I feel like a lot of women go through this. Um, yeah, didn't like Serena Williams or something like have the same thing? She had like blood clots or something. Yeah, that's like super true. Um, so basically, Serena Williams, <laughs> um, she uh, she actually. Um, asked her nurses and physicians to uh, do a CT scan on her because she wasn't feeling well. But she was dismissed multiple times by her nurse um, as the pain or 
her panic being uh, from painkillers. They thought she was like a little loopy. But after they did the scans, they found out she had blood clots. And um, according to the CDC, actually, black women experience roughly 43.5 deaths per 100,000 live births on average, compared to 12.7 deaths, deaths for white mothers. And I feel like bringing in intersectionality is really important here because um, gender impacts a lot of um, women being treated, mistreated in hospitals, but also like race is a really important factor too. And yeah, I feel like um, the maternal mortality may uh, stem from economic differences, but research has found that black women in higher economic brackets, such as Serena Williams, are still more likely than white women to die from pregnancy. That's just, like, crazy how, like, little things such as, like, gender and race and, like, those also combined, like, can affect the, like, decisions that are available to women. Like, I don't know, I always imagine Serena Williams as this, like, super great and, like, powerful woman and the fact that, like, she was, like, dealing with issues that, like, regular women, like, deal with and, like, she, like, still couldn't escape the bias of the healthcare system. Yeah, I agree with you. I feel like women, they experience in general higher levels of stress than men because of the lack of control and social power they have um, in society due to the structure of society. But I feel like um, sometimes women, they have their own agency to to um, deal with these problems and it's kind of hard seeing how even though women have their own agency, they still can't. They still aren't able to um, stand up for themselves effectively. Yeah, I mean, I think that like even when women do try to take agency and like ask ask doctors, be like, hey, like I I think it's something more. Like I don't think it's just like what you're saying. It is like I I feel like there's more to it like it's coming from something more serious but like most doctors because of the way the healthcare system is structured they kind of just over like overlook the woman's opinion and that like doesn't really get the attention it deserves this podcast is also sponsored by Hasbro's monopoly teaching students everywhere the importance of agency and structure Okay, so for our third topic, we'll be talking about upstream and downstream perspectives. At a downstream level, we can observe individual health problems and apply individual treatments. On the other hand, on an upstream level, we can observe and address state or federal policies and social and cultural norms. Yeah, um, so kind of weird story. A couple weeks ago, I get a text from my roommate um, at 2 a.m., and it's like a picture of her with her whole like head matted with blood and she's like guess who's in the er um long story short she had passed out when all of our other roommates like weren't home or anything um she just like randomly passed out hit her head on the side table and like opened a huge gash on her head and like woke up in a pile of her blood it was like super horrible and scary um but she's fine now she got like a mild concussion but the big thing was like why did she pass out um and she like went to all these doctors did all these like ct scans and like ekgs they like did everything um and they just like could not 
figure out why she passed out. And, like, this wasn't, like, the first time she had passed out or anything. She had passed out, I think, like, twice or something in the past year, um, like, on top of this. And, like, both times they, like, had no clue why she passed out either. But it wasn't, like, a ER visit, so there wasn't any, like, oh, maybe there might be a pattern to all of this. Um, and so she, like, starts doing some looking, and she, fi- she like, figures out that um, each time she passed out, she was either, like, on her period or, like, a day away from starting her period. Um, and so with, like, a little bit of testing, they figured out that she had some, like, weird hormone imbalances and stuff that actually, like, caused this passing out. Um, and she just, like, had to take some medicine that just, like, fixed it all and she was fine. But um, I just thought that there was, like, a really big problem that, like, in the healthcare system, no one thought to check her hormones. And, like, that wasn't even, like, something that was, like, on the doctor's mind to, like, even ask her. Um, And that, like, partially came from, like, the fact that most of the doctors she went to were male doctors. And so they, like, I guess weren't thinking of this. But um, her, like, downstream issue of her, like, passing out all the time was really affected by this, like, societal norm to like not ask about like periods and stuff um and so like that's definitely like an upstream issue of the way that like doctors are taught like to go for all these like things like checking the brain and checking the heart but like not really caring or focusing on the hormones when there was like a clear pattern to her issue yeah that's like super true it's because like modern medicine is like hella male-centric Women are always excluded from early phases um, because there are concerns about, like, reproductive rights or reproductive effects, and there are concerns about having to adjust for fluctuating hormone levels. Even uh, female rats are not tested on because of the whole hormone levels affecting um, whatever is being tested. And that, like, leads to the belief that women are not needed to be studied separately because it was just a little too difficult to study women. After talking about all of these issues today, it's clear that there are so many people who want change to occur when it comes to health um, and gender disparities. However, it's going to take a whole lot of growth um, in order to overcome all of these issues um, so that gender is no longer um, something that's holding back people's structure and agency and just all the other issues that we've talked about today. And thank you for coming and listening to our podcast, Slay the Day Business.